2: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Conversations with Jeff. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, this, this will be a great, great episode, especially on, this is actually... Election Day Eve. So, uh, we're gonna be talking a lot of politics, but also from the Christian perspective and all that. Before we get started, just wanna let you guys know, we actually have in stock our book, Church and State, How the Left Used the Church to Conquer America. Uh, we're actually shipping those books out today for all the pre-orders that came in. If you guys would like to order your copy of that, uh, go to gatekeepersonline.com slash store, and you can, uh, take advantage of getting that book, and we'll get that shipped out today as well. We've got great contributing authors, including Pastor Greg Locke, Dr. Michael Brown, uh, we've got myself, J.D. Rucker, Denise McAllister, just just a bunch of great, awesome, conservative Christian voices really trying to teach you guys and explain to you guys how the left has been infiltrating into the church and uh, what, what the serious ramifications of that will be. So again, gatekeepersonline.com slash store, use code JEFF at checkout, and you will actually get 10% off of anything you get in the store so definitely check that out. Uh really excited to be bringing back our guest today. We've got Bishop Robert E Smith. I've had him on once before. I had a great time, but uh Bishop, thanks so much for joining us again and glad we can sit down and chat here for a little bit.
4: My pleasure. My pleasure. Jeff. My pleasure.
2: It you know he, it's... You, know, you the, the fascinating thing too, and, and why I, I really feel like today is you know can be a really really good topic and conversation is you know you've got you, you've got your book that you, that you've put out uh, called the theology of politics, and um and with this I think I think it's really important for Christians to understand um how we should be looking at the political system because I think a lot of times uh, we can kind of get distracted with. Uh, you know, this kind of Romans 13 ideology of, okay, we just don't engage. We don't jump into this. How do you kind of decipher that? And also before we hop on, I think I'm getting like a mirrored image coming from your end of me. Uh, so I'm not actually able to see you anymore. So just, just a heads up there as well on the technical side, but. Okay. There let we let go. There we go. So, so how, so how do you feel like Christians should be viewing, uh, you know, our involvement in, in politics?
4: Well, first, we should not read and think we understand the nature of Romans 13 where respecting governments is somewhat um, necessary for the church without reading Revelation 13, respecting government and its overreach to the extent that during the Great Tribulation uh, the Antichrist is going to be operating big time and the church is going to be expected to do the same thing it's expected to do now. So we have to take things in, into, in the right context. Like the apostle says in terms of politics, as much as live within you, live peaceably with all <laughs> men. So uh, there's something within us, and that's called truth
0: Forensic Investigations, Cybersecurity and Digital Forensics. New online sessions start every eight weeks. No application fee or GRE required. Visit stevenson.edu online. No matter if
3: the economy is up or down, healthcare careers continue to grow, especially in management. Stevenson University Online's Masters in Healthcare Management can put your career on a new track, especially for career changers with previous business, HR or technology backgrounds. Discover new opportunities with our healthcare management. Management masters, no GREs, no application fees, and 100% online. Visit onlinestevensonedu slash healthcare management.
4: That would not allow us to acquiesce to any governmental mandates that that uh, is in defiance or comes against the, the principles that are laid down in Scripture for all believers. So, Revelation 13. Romans 13, go hand in glove.
2: Yeah. And, and that, that makes, that makes perfect sense, I think, I think to me as well. And I think, and I think specifically looking at even the Democrat platform, it seems like not only are they tolerant of, of sin, not only are they tolerant of abortion and gay marriage, and it seems like even to a certain degree, you know, their own version of like institutional racism and things like that, but they're encouraging it. It's like they're promoting a lot of this sin. How, how do you feel like we should be handling uh, the Democrat Party as, as believers and Christians?
4: Well, the Democrat Party, as your book no doubt expressed pretty thoroughly, is using the church to justify its means and ends. Uh, someone said that the, the Pope says that you don't have to believe in God to go to heaven. And he says same-sex marriage ought to be mandated. Well, uh, people think the Pope is the truth. When in actuality, uh, the Pope is talking about a person's conscience, telling them uh, this and telling them that. Well, he's confused because he, he doesn't realize, along with a lot of religious leaders, that the conscience is not your guide. Your intuition is your guide. God speaks to us intuitively. And the conscience echoes whether we are in compliance or not. So a lot of people trying to follow a conscience that's seared, calling right wrong and wrong right. So you got a lot of people in church that are full of religiosity um, that are just as confused as unredeemed people. And so the state doesn't know which way to go because the church is confused and not understanding how god uses uh politics not only in the church but in the state not only in the state but in the church god has two hands the right and the left the church is the right and the state is the left and he operates in in uh, both dimensions politically
2: principally yeah and i, and I think and i think that that's that's You know, that's something that I think a lot of people don't understand. It's almost like, and I think a lot of Christians can get either so involved in politics that they forget the church, they forget the theology, they forget the gospel and all that kind of stuff. And then other times, it seems like they get so wrapped up in... In theology and understanding the Bible, which is great, but that they completely leave the political aspect completely to the side, and so I think that there's got to be this happy medium somewhere of where you know obviously we're understanding scripture we're we're coming together, we're gathering together in worship, but then we've got to go out into the world and shine light into darkness, and in all reality, the political space that's some darkness that the, that needs some light shining into,
4: yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to have what is called uh, equilibrium in in life. Uh, God is a God of government. He's a governor of the nations. He ruled in the affairs of men. He sets up one take down another. God is involved with governments and nations, and he's a political God. And the church happens to be operating on a higher scale or higher level that the state cannot get to. So the the church has to uh, be more generic in making overtures toward the state so the state can take the principles uh, that natural man can operate within the context of. But very few leaders today can interpret the truth and make it applicable for the state. Uh, so this is our prayer. We need to let people know that theology is is um, backed by God. Politics also backed by God. So we need to know what those founders and those um, developers, and those revolutionary-minded people, were thinking. They were thinking about the providence of God, the sovereignty of God. They were thinking about how God acts in the, in nature, and in, in the, the natural man, and how he acts in a uh, the nature of humanity in, in the person of Christ. So we need more interpreters. Right now, uh, people are caught up with so much flesh. I'm talking about spiritual leaders, caught up with so much flesh, the black and the white, the upper class, the middle class, the no class, the and all that type of thing, and culture, identity, uh, all this kind of stuff. So the church, by and large, through its leadership, is incapable of helping the state. Something that Dietrich Bonhoeffer said years ago in one of his writings, he says, the church is the center of the state. Although the church uh, may not make that known in terms of, of uh, rules and regulations, but without church, the state cannot function properly. So we as leaders got to know what the theology of politics is all about. How does God factor into the political arena? And how does that affect platform? How does that affect people who stand on platforms? Um, and all that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, and, and, I th- and I think also, like as Christians, we're looking at... Like, we're looking at the, the Democrat platform, right? And, and they're, again, they're promoting sin, it seems like, actively. Um, but, but then you've got somebody like Joe Biden, who seems to be, you know, a pretty corrupt guy with a lot of the information that's coming out now. How, how do you view, uh, Joe Biden? What are your concerns with, if he, if Joe Biden gets elected as our next president, uh, as a Christian and as a Christian leader, what do you feel like are some of your primary concerns with, president joe biden
4: you know joe biden's been around a long time everybody know that and um uh, he is the last living senator who voted against the alaskan pipeline and i wondered when uh i guess it was um uh, uh, mccain running against obama and uh, his running partner was the the governor of um Alaska. And she was debating at that time Joe Biden. And why didn't she fire him up? Why didn't she sink his ship then? Had Joe Biden gotten his way way back in the day, we'd all be uh, speaking Arab right now. So Joe Biden has been around a long time in the Senate. And he was in the White House with Obama for eight years. The man has nothing but puppeteering experience. Nothing but puppeteering. They puppeted him from the East Coast, the New England states. The, the Obama puppeted him and said, well, I'll give you some, um, uh, some, something that you can live on if you just be there because you have this Standing because you've been around a long time and uh, you don't have too much that people know about. But now that we've vetted him quite thoroughly, anybody that's been checking Joe Biden out, that you, you have to be a sinner to vote for him. You got to be a sinner. You got, Look, you got to sin against your conscience because your conscience will say that you're wrong even thinking about voting for him. And the woman that promotes uh, everything against communities that call themselves black, <laughs> she is she is the quintessential rounder upper of people in the black community to incarcerate them. People know that by now. And uh, I remember some years ago when Joe Biden said that he believed in same-sex marriage. I said he's lying. He's only saying that because Obama said it. He's lying. He's not a pervert, but he's a puppet. And now he's a puppet for China. He's a puppet for Iran. He's a puppet for all of the enemies of democracy. He's a puppet for all of the enemies of a constitutional republic. And anybody that have vetted him correctly cannot vote for him. And if you're a Christian and vote for him, you're going to pay for it. God's going to make sure you pay for it.
2: Yeah. Well, it, that, that's an interesting, uh, you know, take on that as well. Cause, you know, it was interesting on, on actually this podcast a few weeks ago. I had on, um, uh, a, a seminary guy. I think he had actually just graduated from seminary and he's going into the pastorate and that and things like that. And we were, and we were talking and he had actually already cast his ballot for, for Joe Biden and he was trying to justify how he had gotten there. And, you know, one, of, one of my main points was, okay, well, the problem with the Democrat party and their and the platform is, you know, if if nothing else they're they're promoting abortion up to and sometimes after birth and he said well republicans don't they don't actually accomplish anything when it comes to abortion anyway so let's take that off the table and he felt like the democrat platform is more in line with the grace and the mercy and the helpfulness and you know looking for the common good of mankind and all that kind of stuff and that he he felt like they were actually more biblical if you took out the abortion side of things compared to the republican party What do you what's your take on that kind of argumentation?
0: Stevenson University Online is a leader in forensic education for law enforcement, legal, and cyber investigations. If you are
2: preparing for
0: career advancement or career change, investigate our online master's programs in forensic science, CSI, forensic accounting, forensic investigations, and cybersecurity, and digital forensics. New online sessions start every eight weeks. No application fee or GRE required. Visit stevenson.edu slash online.
4: Well, if, if everyone from going, going forward was aborted, where is the human race? Where, where is humanity? So abortion, principally speaking, is anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-life. Anyone that promotes abortion, period, to any degree, uh, is against God. Because the scripture says, look, life does not start at conception. God said to Jeremiah, Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. And before you came forth uh, from the belly, I sanctified and ordained you a prophet to the nation. So life is in the mind of God. And conception says, Now I need to know what the purpose of this child is, because the child was in the mind of God before I was pregnant with the child. So abortion, anyone that's for any reason for abortion period, is against God, against Christ, because God wants that person to be born and then turn around and be born again so it can become a part of the body of Christ and extend and uh, and make greater the glory of his son. Now, same-sex marriage, two men can't make a baby. Two women can't make a baby. So same-sex marriage or same-sex intimacy is an abomination in any nation. So anybody that's promoting a representation by the platform or by voting or any of that, if we are in any way promoting abortion and same-sex marriage, everything else is off the table. No life, no reproduction. There, there are no other issues. You can forget about it. So it starts with the issue of abortion and the issue of marriage and if you don't get those two things right economy social justice and all the other things that matter to people doesn't matter to god at all period the seminarian need to know that
2: yeah well so 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 does does that mean that like as as christians we should be single-issue voters. And I bring that up because, you know, there's some guys that are in the evangelical world that are, you know, like Mark Dever and Jonathan Lehman and some of the Gospel Coalition guys— And they're, they're actually out there actively saying that we should not be single issue voters. And by single issue voters, that would specifically be dealing with the abortion issue. And that there's a wide variety of issues, uh, that even pertain to pro-life. Like they would say that, um, being compassionate for illegal immigrants should be pro-life. That, um, that, uh, racial reparations should be pro-life. That all these different issues that deal with the, the status of somebody's life or how successful they are or whatever it is, all those should be encompassing in the pro-life issue and it shouldn't just be abortion do you feel like you know like kind of like what you're saying right now do you feel like the abortion issue is kind of like do or die on whether we vote for you or not
4: well let's let's go back to the single issue um issue god almighty the creator of the heavens and the earth he is a single issue god the only issue he has is his son the one he gave to the world to save. Now, if you don't handle that one issue that God has, which is his son, then look, eternity is not going to be anything pretty at all. It's going to be, what did you do with my son? What did you do with his death, burial, and resurrection? That is the single issue that God himself has. So God is a single issue God. So when it comes to single issues in terms of, Uh, uh, living this life out. Abortion is a single issue. That's God's single issue, life. God is a single issue when it comes to marriage. And all the other issues, they are born out of those, quote, two issues. And those two issues are born out of who life is himself, which is Christ. Christ is the one that God used to create the whole universe. He spoke a word and the word uh, eventually became flesh and dwell among us. God is a single issue God, and all of these flippant preachers, theologians, seminarians, all of the scholars in Greek and Hebrew are and Chaldean. Look if you don't know Christ and god's purpose for his Son in this world, not just this world but the whole universe, man, we are out of it, and I want to beg people. So wake up out of sleep and Christ will give you light. That's what the scripture says.
2: Yeah, and, and I th- and I think even even dealing with it with this issue specifically as well, I think I think a lot of times, you know, they'll they'll say the argument will, will become, okay, so can a Christian vote Democrat? Versus, should a Christian vote Democrat? And I think, I think a lot of times right now, and you know, one of my concerns, it, and it's, it's a little bit of like a nuance, but it's also something that we have to, you know, make sure we get right if we're getting the gospel right and things like that. So, you know, you've got, you've got some people using a justification of, well, Christians can vote democrat and still be saved and my my response to that would typically be okay well you can but that's still sin that needs to be repented from and you need to come back to biblical christianity um but it seems like that seems to be an argumentation of the left but then also at the same time it seems to also be an argumentation of the right of a lot of christians and conservative christians saying you know if if you vote democrat you can't be saved by definition how do, you, how do you deal with that kind of like nuanced conversation as well?
4: Well, God gives us free will, and then he tells us how to exercise it. <laughs> That's the way he is. He says, I've set before you this day death and life. He said, choose life that thou and thy seed may live. So God is a, a free will God. And then if we're like Christ, his son, as Christian, even Jesus Christ, told his father in prayer, under heavy pressure. He said, not my will, but thine be done. So yes, we have a will that God has given us freedom to exercise. But at the same time, he's given us what choices to make. And if we don't make the choices that he recommends, then we're going to face the consequences. And for the most part, this is why uh, the state has use the church to capture the world actually that's why the church is is uh, on lockdown the pastors are wearing masks to protect themselves against a the coronavirus which is an insult to the indwelling christ so yes uh free will yes this is the time to say not my will but thine be done yep.
2: when it comes
4: to it, and everything else
2: like that right now ab- absolutely now 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 dealing with you know another really big hot but hot topic issue uh right now is obviously dealing with a lot of these racial issues you know whether it's black lives matter you know there, there's a lot of the protests slash riots slash looting all that all that kind of stuff that's going on but then it was interesting i saw i saw kamala harris put out a video i think it was either yesterday or the day before and she was talking about the difference between uh, equality versus equity, and, and it, she seemed to be saying that, that the white community basically has a leg up, that, that it's almost, it's almost, it's this weird thing of almost, it's almost like they're promoting white supremacy, it's, it's a very strange thing, and basically saying that the government needs to essentially help the black community to get up to where we can have equal outcome. How do we deal with this dealing with race? Because I feel like this is one of those things where a lot of evangelical Christians are kind of afraid to jump into this conversation for fear of being labeled racist. If if we misspeak or we say the wrong thing or whatever, it is. how do we deal with this issue specifically?
4: Well, if you ask George Washington Carver the same question, if you ask Booker T. Washington the same question, if you ask uh, what is the famous slave um, Frederick Douglass he asked him the same question if you ask um, so many people who uh, did not depend on their ethnicity to determine their future they depended upon what God says and even with the Constitution in his orations he says we, this, this is quite evident that all men are created equal Yeah, all men are created equal because all men have spirits and spirits are eternal entities and spirits are super that's placed in a natural body. And people, whether they're black or white or Hispanic, doesn't matter. If people know the truth, then they know what equality is. And for those who are not uh, gifted in terms of the IQ or the intellect, then all they got to do is get born again. And when a person is born again, they come into the Christ factor. The Christ says, I accept you, you're blood, you're complete. And all you got to do is get your mind renewed and I'll establish your thoughts and order your steps and direct your path. I'll give you wisdom and knowledge and understanding that the world know not of. So a person that's born again, a Christian, should never be trying to... uh, get equality, or uh, any kind of uh, equity with, with, with society. Because once you become born again, you're placed in a whole different classification. Peter said it this way. He finally got the revelation on it. He says, We're, uh, we are a chosen generation, a whole new gene- genealogical identity. We are a royal priesthood. We come into royalty. We are a holy race or ethnic group. With somebody that we never were. <laughs> Boy, well, I mean, I get excited thinking about it, not mention talk about it. So uh, this 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 woman, uh, Mrs. Harris, she's only using what she has, and she does not have Christ. There's nobody can convince anybody that's a Christian that this woman loves Jesus Christ. She doesn't. Joe Biden doesn't know Christ if he walked in the door, and a whole lot of people who are born again with the minutest amount of faith don't have the ongoing faith that says, I not only believe for eternal life, but I believe for an abundant life. He's already given us everything that pertains to life and God and it's through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. And all the promises are yea and in him, amen to the glory of God. So everything we need in life has been given to us in Christ. We're just ignorant to those realities because grace and peace comes through the knowledge of God and Christ. All the exceeding great and precious promises comes to us through the knowledge of God and his son, Jesus Christ, who by his power have given unto us all these things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. And he's given all these promises to us that so we can lay hold to them and escape the corruption that is in this world through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. People are caught up with, I want more, I want more, give me this and give me that, because they don't have enough of Christ. Christ gives us everything we need. He said, don't even think about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and where it already shall be clothed. He said, the unsaved people look at that. You seek the kingdom of God and the right way of doing the right thing, and all these things will be added to you. You don't have to sweat it. Look, the sparrows, they don't sow a reap, but I'm feeding them. Look at the lilies. They don't dress, but they look better than Solomon look. Foxes have holes and birds have nests, and you're worried about a little real estate. Come on now. If you're born again, you can escape all of the corruption that is in this world through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Thank you for letting me preach.
2: Absol- absolutely. You know, again, pre- pre- preach all day. I mean, you know, and the thing is that with this, with this issue, I think, I, you know obviously there's there's the Christian perspective on this and and I'm really glad glad that you dealt with that. Now now do we do we take that Christian perspective of you know not really worrying about about the these physical things and things like that. Do do we counter the Kamala Harris argument with that? Do we counter with a political response? How do we can, how do we counter the secular world uh when when there's political ramifications of what they're talking about?
4: Well, first of all, we we let people know that our theology has a philosophy that can be interpreted into our experience. So if you don't want to talk theology, let's talk philosophy. Let's use the principle, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Let's talk about fear versus facts. Let's deal with uh, fear versus faith. Let's deal with some things that are philosophically understandable. In other words, uh, taken from the rich and given to the poor, does it make sense philosophically? Financially, no, it doesn't make sense. Pretty soon, the rich won't have anything and you won't either. It don't make sense. So a Democrat party that's wanting equality, uh, how are you going to get it?
1: Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC.
4: Socialism, communism, show me one communistic, socialistic government on the planet that the people are happy with. You can't find it. Why? Because there's only one true communist or communism society. And that's one in the book of Acts when they're under the auspices of the Holy Ghost and they all consider themselves one in mind and heart and all of their, uh, Materialistic parts, so uh, you you tell the people in government, look, we ought to do like George Washington did. He prayed. let's do what the the founders did. they prayed, they prayed for the for the uh providence of God to be manifest in our experience. George Washington would not have won that revolutionary war had he not got on his knees and prayed. Abraham Lincoln was, um, uh, he, he, he was tutored and any great president would be tutored by people who know the principles that God lays down on society. And even the Israelites, we're not talking about a theocratic type of government today, but even back in the day with the Israelites, God says, if you do this and that and the other, I will do this, that and the other. And you'll lend and not borrow, uh, you'll you'll look to me, you'll be healed there won't be any sick and diseased among you and all this good stuff now what do we do? we tell government now look, we gotta have some principles that govern our natural existence I'm I'm not gonna ask you to do what Jesus said do because it was impossible, but I'm gonna ask you to do at least what Moses said (laughs) he said don't be an idol worshiper, he said don't covet your neighbor's possessions including his wife. He said, don't do these things. And then then I'm going to bless you. If you can just keep those little Ten Commandments. I, I'm not a Sabbath day worshiper, but if you decide, well, I'm going to keep the Sabbath, I'm going to rest on Saturday. Not only am I not going to work, but I'm not going to be thinking about working. There's some benefits in that, but there are a whole lot better benefits in the New Covenant. The scripture says in, in Hebrews 8, it says, we have a better covenant built on better promises. So uh, we need to vote people into representative governments who know Jesus Christ is the personal savior, who can at least not violate natural laws or violate the principles that are in the scriptures. And we can make generic laws that people can get along and they can prosper and they can know that they can get an education, they can get a good paying job, they can be creative, they can be entrepreneurial, and all these kinds of things. So I'm just kind of pontificating at the point uh, of this, this answer, but no, we can handle government. God has given the, the Christian wisdom if he would only employ it, and that's Christ himself, who's the wisdom and power of God.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, and you had mentioned too like, you know, we should be getting people into government that, you know, have a relationship with Christ. And and I think that 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 is vitally important. But then I think that that then brings us to this issue of Donald Trump because I think a lot of times you hear a lot of uh conservative Christians that, you know, obviously there's there's the Never Trumper movement which, you know, they're going they're going hardcore uh, Joe Biden. I don't understand that kind of mentality. But then you do have some of the more conservative Christians that are saying, I can't bring myself to vote for Donald Trump. So I'm either not going to vote or I'm going to vote third party because either he's not a Christian, he's open to gay marriage, he hasn't done enough for the pro-life movement, uh, he's vulgar, he's, you know, in their words, he's mean to people, you know, things like that. How do we deal with this issue of Donald Trump while at the same time being consistent in, in our faith?
4: Well, the scripture says that the rich speaketh roughly, but the poor entreats. You get a poor mouth president in there with a silver tongue. Oh, you think he's just so smooth, so nice, so accommodating, but he's a poor mouth. But you get a rich person in there that you can't buy, you can't bribe. He speaks roughly. And that's what a Donald Trump is. He's a rich person that stepped out of a gold plated uh, penthouse into the White House. He stepped out of the Trump plane, gold plated interior into the White House. The man is a billionaire. Get this. Now, I didn't like his vulgarity when he was running for president. And I was um, I was really for someone else. I was for Ted Cruz, for that matter. And um, But I said, let me do some vetting on Donald Trump. And then I started running that guy's history. Cause we one week apart. I'm one week older than he is. I was born June 7, 46. He was born June 14, 46. I started vetting this guy. His grandmother's name, Elizabeth Christ Trump. Father, Frederick Christ Trump. Those people got saved in the Great Revival back in Europe Man, and Donald Trump was just a little old boy, just a little old fella. He had a heritage. He had a constitution that he didn't know anything about. He reminded me of the rich young rulers. They give mine and I'm gone. (laughs) He got his and he went out and became the prodigal. Just like most preachers today. They were prodigal before, before they became preachers. And some of them, since they started preaching, is still living a prodigal life. I know I know preachers better than I know adding, subtracting, multiplication, and division. Okay? So Donald Trump is just a prodigal that did not see the lighthouse until he got to the White House. And then there's a metamorphosis taking place right before the eyes of the people, and those that are yet in the flesh can't see it. Because they're full of mess. Because flesh is a mess. And we're looking out of these rose-tinted glasses of our own fleshly mess, and I say this without any equivocation: that Donald Trump is living better than half of the preachers that preach on Sunday mornings. Straight up, he's living a better life than half the preachers that are preaching on Sunday morning behind a camera on lockdown.
2: Yeah. Well, now, now, do you do you feel like because uh, because for me it's it's been interesting seeing Donald Trump, and obviously there was the Donald Trump pre president and you know and then there's Donald Trump as president and i feel like for me there seems to be this this stark difference between you know Donald Trump the entertainer versus Donald Trump the president who's who seems to be trying to do everything he can possibly do for the betterment of our country uh but do you do you feel like what was happening to me before was showmanship or an act or do you feel like there has been this shift in his life, and he has, like you were saying, with the prodigal son, he, he, ha, he is coming back home. Do you feel like that kind of a thing is happening? Uh,
4: look, to all the hypocrites out there, look, before we got born again, we were backing it up. If you know what that means, that's a hood-type term. You were backing it up. You were slinging flesh to the right and to the left. And uh, when grace appeared and we snapped and began to crackle and pop, we came around to say, uh, Jesus Christ, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Now, post-presidency, Donald Trump was just simply playing the role. Man, I mean, what you going to do with four or five billion dollars? What, what are you going to do with with uh, celebrity and, and and all the TV and, and all the stuff that he had going on around the world? What are you going to do with that? It's amazing to me to see the metamorphosis that has taken place since he's been in the White House. It's amazing to me. I watch, and I don't listen to CNN and MSNBC, ABC, NBC, and, and, and CBS. I don't listen to that stuff. I don't listen to it. I go behind the news. I, 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 I you know, I'm checking here and there and everywhere so I can see better. I can hear better. I can make better determination. Now here's this man get in office and do what no other president has done since Israel became statehood in nineteen forty eight. He moves the embassy from Tel Aviv, which is the homosexual capital of Israel, to Jerusalem, where it ought to be in the first place. Okay? Here he is. He's uh challenging the red dragon. Do you not know that China is the kings of the East? That's in the scripture? that's going to marshal 200 million, that's going to kill one-third of the world's population in a year, a month, a day, and an hour. And here Donald Trump is coming against that dragon. But Biden is for the dragon. He's in the den of the dragon. And you look at the things that, that Donald Trump is doing, he's telling folks, hey, go back to church. It's essential. And the preacher says, I'm scared. I don't want to do that. People better wake up and wake up quick before they fall asleep and can't wake up.
2: That's that's very true, and and I, and I think too, you know, dealing with all of this, it's it seems like we're at this crossroads. I think in in American history, maybe even world history as well. I you know look at, looking at this, you know, historically, I feel like Democrat and Republican, there typically over the last several election cycles, there wasn't that much of a difference between them. Like back when it was McCain versus Obama, or even Mitt Romney versus Obama, at least on their stated platform, it seemed like okay. Obama's going kind of to the left. He's, you know, you know, center left, Mitt Romney, center right. It wasn't much of a difference. This time it seems like it's so polarized. It's so extreme. If you're choosing to go for Trump, you're literally choosing to preserving freedom and liberty in our constitution. If you're going to the Democrats, you're preserving a or you're promoting a globalist ideology. You're destroying America. You're taking away freedom. You're taking away liberty. Um, you know, one of the talking points that I that I feel like is coming out of the church a lot lately is that we're heading into end times. I'm kind of taking a look at it right now. It seems like the globalists are getting exposed more and more and more. I wonder if this is one of the times where God's saying, okay, the globalists, you guys got close, just like you did with the Roman Empire, just like you did with Nazi Germany, just like you did with the Babylonian Empire, and God's saying, maybe it's not time yet. It's all in my timing, and they're just holding on for all that they've got left. How do you feel like, in your perspective, do you feel like all of this is playing into eschatology and things like that?
4: Well, In terms of eschatology, at the end of the day, when Christ comes, he's going to divide the nations, sheep nations from the goat nations, which simply means there will be sheep nations when Christ comes, and there will be goat nations that are anti-God, against God, buck against God, nations. So that means uh, you got to decide who and what a sheep nation is. Now, America has its deep problems, and so does Israel, okay? The the, the chosen land, the chosen people, they have some deep issues and have had them for a long time. But it doesn't keep them from being who the scripture says they are. America was raised up for a specific purpose, and I believe it was for the purpose of declaring the one new man, like Great Britain, was raised up to declare the simplicity of the gospel of Christ, to deliver the mindset from uh, Catholicism. So all roads, you know, Roman, I mean, rather, uh, uh, London, you know, you can fly to the ends of the earth. But in America, with, with a collage of immigrants coming from all over the world, God raised this place up to preach the simplicity of Christ in the reality and revelation of the new creation to become that one new man. So uh, if you spell Jerusalem, J-E-R-U-S-A-L-E-M, Jerusalem, the USA is right in the middle of pr- the prophetic Now, I understand people say, well, the United States is the Babylon, the mystery Babylon, the great and and, uh, religious Babylon, commercial Babylon, and all the Babylons and all this kind of stuff. Look, whether it is or not, every nation got to go through the great tribulation for purification to become a sheep nation. So I'm still depending on those prayers that were prayed by those who are no longer around, but their prayers never die. So America was raised up by God. Doesn't matter how many scoundrels live here and how many uh, enemies of the cross that lives here. Uh, America is going to come out a sheep nation. But, and then for those who will be here at the end of the Great Tribulation, which I won't be, I'm going to go on the first train. I'm, coming, I'm getting out. Because uh, the scripture says you should pray always that you be counted worthy to to escape all these things and stand before the Son of Man. So that's why we pray on a daily basis. That's why we get up and go meet with the saints at six in the morning, Monday through Friday, and then come back on Sunday morning and get into the Word and and get into prayer and et cetera, et cetera. Because, look, uh, I hope it answers some of the questions.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and I think, and I think too, I think looking, looking at all of this, you know, we, we've got, obviously tomorrow's election day, you know, who knows when we're actually going to find out who actually wins the election. I mean, you know, looking at the news, I mean, this could be dragged out. Who knows how long? But I think it, whether Biden, whether Biden wins or whether Trump wins, I think as Christians, we, we have a lot of work we got to do to turn things around in our country. And I think that a lot, we've been losing the battle in the sense of, you know, as a whole, we haven't been preaching the gospel as much as we should be. And I think the result of that is seeing this chaos and insanity and the riots and the looting and this, and this godless mentality of the left right now. And I think to a certain degree, at least from my perspective, I feel like This is a failure of the church to actually go out into the world and preach the gospel. And I think if we want to turn around this country, a lot of times we're putting all of our attention and all of our focus onto Trump or onto politics. And while that's important, we also got to remember, hey, we've got a mission as believers as well. We got to get the gospel out there. We've got to get the good news found in scripture out into the world because that's really how you're going to change culture by winning the lost having people place their faith in Christ, repenting, if they got the Holy Spirit in their life, their life will change. If, you know, To me, we, that's also got to be our big major focus moving forward that I think that the church as a whole has kind of put to the side a little bit.
4: Well, the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the church at Rome, he says, um, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Of Christ, for it is the power of God. You're right about it. The power of God is in the gospel. That's what God uses to impact society. It is the power of God unto salvation. He says to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. So uh, we need to know how to to dispense the gospel. And I'm not talking about just sports gospel. I'm talking about the orated, demonstrative gospel of Jesus Christ that come with power. That's what Paul said. I didn't come to you with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost, that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of man, which is upside down, but in the power of God. Hmm. So, yes, sir, we need to preach the simplicity of the gospel. You don't have to be a theologian to preach the gospel. All you need to do is be born again, and you might want to get spirit-filled, you see, because once you start opening in your mouth and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, all hell is going to be marshaled against you. (laughs) They don't want you on the street. They don't want you in public square preaching the gospel of Christ, but you've got to have power to demonstrate what you communicate. Wow.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think, I think that, I think that's vitally, vitally important. I think that's kind of, you know, maybe even the perfect way to kind of close this out because, because it's to me that, that's what we really got to focus on, I think, as believers. And we got to remember, we have that power with the gospel. Like, like, that, like, we, when we believe that, that God is real, that, that His, that the, His Holy Spirit actually lives inside of us, that, that, uh, that He guides us, that when we obey His word, He's going to bless us, uh, like powerful things can happen, but we actually got to believe it and then we get to act on it. And I, and I think that that's uh, that's the perfect way, I think, to, to close this out. Uh, Bishop Smith, do you have any final thoughts or encouragement or challenges or anything like that as we're heading into Election Day? And who knows what's going to happen over the next several weeks?
0: Look,
4: go and vote. But if you're going to vote for anybody but Trump. I would suggest you stay home. And don't, 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 don't mess your future up. I'm talking to Christians now. There's only one person you can vote for. You can't vote for. There's nobody else to vote for as president. So I adjure you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the man's not perfect, but you're a long way from being there too. All right.
2: God bless you. Absolutely. So, uh, so Bishop Smith, if, if people want to uh, follow you, uh, get more of your teaching, uh, may- maybe they want to get your book, uh, The Theology of Politics, things like that, what is the best way for them to do that?
4: I would just call, that, make it quick, just call 501 663 and we'll send you uh, all kinds of information. We have the illuminate, regulate, invigorate. We have Elimination of Erroneous distinctions. We have Seven Aspects of God's Grace. We have The New Man. We have I Shall Not Die, But Live, The Theology of Politics. We have, and this new one just came off the press, Aquila and Priscilla, Principles of Marriage and Ministry. Mm -hmm. Just call that number and we'll get you a book out to your place no matter where it is.
2: Definitely, I, I highly encourage everybody to do that. the numbers on the screen, so if you guys make sure you guys take advantage of that. but Bishop Smith, I really appreciate you coming on Re- really enjoyed this conversation. We'll definitely have to have you back on sometime, but this is, this is fascinating, fascinating times, especially as believers heading into this who knows where we're going next as a country, but it'll be really fascinating to see how it all plays out in the next couple of days. but Bishop Smith really appreciate you coming on and joining me again.
4: Thank you God bless you.
2: Of course, you as well. And th- everybody else that's watching, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Again, as we're heading into this election, you know, we, we've got an opportunity to actually preserve freedom and actually promote biblical values in this election. So make sure you guys are choosing wisely and take Bishop Smith's advice. You know, if you're not voting for Trump maybe, maybe don't vote. So uh, again, thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys subscribe to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, all of that kind of stuff. And then also don't forget, if you guys want your copy of Church and State, How the Left Used the Church to Conquer America, go to gatekeepersonline.com slash state. Use code JEFF at checkout. You will get 10% off. Highly encourage you guys to get that book. You guys will understand the strategy of the left infiltrating the church and their ultimate goal of destroying America. So definitely check that out. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we shall catch you guys next time.